bringing hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacies. Live in Word with Pastor Mensah Otterville. And now, today's word. My message is titled, Saying What God Says. Saying What God Says. God is a spirit, and everything he does, he does it first spiritually before it becomes manifest physically. He is the God of all spirit, and he is also the God of all flesh. But he begins from the spiritual before it gets to the physical. He begins from the invisible before it gets visible. So anytime God decides to deposit something into your life, he's going to start spiritually. And you have to learn how to bring the spiritual into physical manifestation. One of the ways to do that is to say what God says. Words are very powerful. God created all things by his word, and he upholds all things by his word. And his word in our mouth is as if he himself has spoken it. When you say what he says, it's as if he himself has spoken it. Words contain spiritual power. Words create an atmosphere, and words construct our destiny. So, kindly turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Hebrews, and chapter 13, and we would look at verses 5 and 6. All right, Hebrews 13, 5 to 6, says, let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear. What can man do to me? Very interesting passage. First, the Apostle Paul talks about covetousness, that don't be covetous, don't desire what other people have. Uh, and the reason you don't become covetous is because you also believe God will give you your own. If you believe God will give you your own, you don't go and steal what belongs to another person. If you believe God will give you your own wife, you don't take somebody's wife. If you believe God will give you your own husband, you don't take somebody's husband. If you believe God, you don't steal somebody's promotion or destroy somebody's promotion. The moment you are assured of what God has given to you, it changes your attitude. So don't be covetous because God will give you your own. Somebody say, God will give me my own. All right. Now, the reason we are not to be covetous is, is explained in the verse. And there are two concepts I want you to note in the verse we read. The verse 5 says, For he himself has said, and if your Bible is yours, kindly underline, for he himself has said. For he himself, God himself 
has said. And that phrase, he himself has said, is the declared word of God. That God has spoken. And when God speaks, he speaks to reveal himself. When God speaks, he speaks to reveal his will. When God speaks, he speaks to reveal his intention. When God speaks, he speaks to demonstrate his power. For he himself has said. That's the first concept I want you to note. That God has spoken. Everybody say God has spoken. God has spoken. God himself has said. And then it tells us what God says. God himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Then the verse 6, there's a second concept I want you to note. For he himself has said, and verse 6 says, so we may boldly say. Everybody says, so we may boldly say. So God has spoken. Why has God spoken so we can speak? He himself has said, so we may boldly say. So when God speaks to us, he speaks to us so that we can have something to say. And so when you read the Bible, anytime you find God saying something, it is an opportunity for you to also say something. Anytime you hear God speaking to you, it is an opportunity for you to also say something. He has said, so we may boldly say. If God says, I have made you the head and not the tail, it is so that you can also say, I am the head and not the tail. So God's word out of God's mouth becomes our word in our own mouth. He says it so we can say it. Saying what God says is key to drawing the things that God has given you in the spiritual into manifestation in the world. Now that passage that Hebrew quotes that says, I will never leave you nor forsake you, is in the Old Testament. And I want us to look at that passage and whom it was spoken to. Genesis chapter 28 verse 15. It's a story of a man called Jacob. At this time in his life, he's in trouble because his older brother wants to kill him. So Jacob is running away. And as he runs away, he, he gets to a place called Bethel. Uh, at that time, it was not called Bethel. He named it Bethel later on. But he got to that place. And uh, he was tired. So he lay down and picked a stone as his pillow. In the night... God spoke to him. And, and I want you to listen to what God said to Jacob when he felt alone. When he felt that he had nowhere to go and, and everything was against him. He had left his family. He didn't have much. Genesis 28, 15. This is what God says. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go. And will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. I like that phrase. I will not leave you 
until I have done what I have spoken to you. That, that's a sure promise from God that he would not leave you until he has fulfilled his word to you. When God speaks to you, he doesn't just leave his word and abandon you. When he gives you his word, he works on you, he works on your case, and he never leaves you until he has fulfilled his word to you. So that's what God said to Jacob. Now, when you read Hebrews, Hebrews says, For he himself says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He was quoting from this verse, what God said to Jacob. Then, when the writer of Hebrews says, For he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, he quoted another scripture. And the, and the part he quoted was from Psalm 27 verse 1. Psalm 27 verse 1 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Now that was spoken by David. God said to Jacob, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So that David could say, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? So when David is saying the Lord is my light and my salvation, according to Hebrews, he was mindful of what God said to Jacob. So what does that mean? When God spoke the first time, it wasn't to, it wasn't to David, it was to Jacob. But David took that word of Jacob for himself and declared it as God's word for himself. So many times you'll find in the Bible that God spoke to somebody but you also, like David, can take that word and put that word in your mouth and declare it as God's word to you. For he has said, so that we may boldly say. A promise of protection or provision that God gives to someone in the Bible is also a promise to you. When God says something to Abraham, you can take that word of God to Abraham and speak it also in your own mouth. And it becomes God's word to you. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you so that we can boldly say, the Lord is my helper. What can man do to me? The words we speak are important to our destiny. Your words will create your destiny. There's a story of a man in the Bible. We all know him, Abraham. Abraham is called the father of faith. God called Abraham to do some very interesting things, one of which was that he was going to have a lot of children. But when God called Abraham, he had no child. And eventually God cut a covenant with him at the time God started working with him, his name was Abram. Abram means exalted father. Exalted father, that means more like a respected man. And God cut a covenant with Abraham and called him Abraham. Abraham means father of many nations. So from the day God cut the covenant with Abraham, when people ask Abraham, what's your name? He will say, Abraham, father of many nations. 
When Abraham is talking about himself, he call himself Abraham, father of many nations. Now, what was Abraham doing? He was putting the word of God in his mouth. Now, it doesn't seem ridiculous now because we know the name Abraham as, as a name. Uh, and so when, when somebody calls himself Abraham, we don't really think about the meaning. But for you to get a clear picture of what it was to Abraham to call himself father of many nations when he had no child, it's like you walking through the streets of Accra and you see a beggar by the roadside asking you for money. And you ask him, what's your name? And he says, Osikeni, or rich man. Now, when that man calls, you say, he's asking you for money, means he's poor. What's your name? Osikeni. Now, your first response is you're going to laugh at him. Because his name is inconsistent with his condition. His name doesn't reflect his reality. His name says he's rich. His reality says he's poor. That's what God did to Abraham. So after God cuts a covenant with Abraham, and Abraham goes back and tells Sarah, guess what? I am now a father of many nations. Sarah probably will look at him and say, what's going on with my husband? You have no child. You are now father of many nations. Then he announces to the whole neighborhood, ladies and gentlemen, I met God. And from today, this is how you call me, father of many nations. I can hear the laughter in the tents of the neighborhood. And for, 20, for years, he called himself father of many nations when he had no child. And everybody called him father of many nations when he had no child. And many of the people who called him father of many nations probably called him that, making fun of him. But what he was doing was that he was putting the word of God in his mouth. For a moment, it looked like a joke. It looked like fun because he's going to go around calling himself father of many nations, father of many nations, father of many nations, and no child. But he has said, so we may boldly say. So, when you live here and you begin to call yourself the way God calls you, get ready, somebody is going to think, you tripped. They're going to say you tripped. And you yourself may even think you tripped. And for some of you, it may seem so ridiculous that you will not call yourself that name. Because I can imagine Abraham could have just looked at the name God gave him and said, Oh God, pa, what is this? And decide, I'll just keep my old name, Exalted Father, it's nice. Because this one puts me out for ridicule. But if you're going to believe God for the supernatural, you have to be ready to do something unnatural. If you just want to flow in the normal scheme of things, the normal will happen to you. But if you want the supernatural to happen to you, you're going to step up and you're going to say what God says, although your physical reality contradicts what God says. For he has said, so we may boldly say. Thank you for listening to Living Word.
to interact with Pastor Mensah Otebil, like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Mensah Otebil. Email otebil at centralgospel.com or call plus 233-302-688-000.